Hello and welcome to the SIPS Queensland podcast where we interview Queensland professionals to get an insight to their careers, their highs, their lows, their wisdom and their advice. So let's check out today's podcast guest. In today's episode, I will be interviewing two of the SIPS Queensland committee members, Murray Watt and Dougal Lodge. Let me just share a little bit about Murray Watt if you're not already familiar with him. He has been in procurement for years now, starting out as a head of procurement in the Queensland Government Treasury Department, then going over to contract management as an advisor. Murray has also been the chair of the SIPS Queensland Regional Committee for many years and is currently a managing director and principal consultant at Management Options where he focuses on probity, advisory and audit, strategic procurement consulting, contract management and negotiations, as well as training facilitation. Let me just share a little bit about Dougal Lodge if you're not already familiar with him. He has started his procurement journey in Coca-Cola Company, as well as which led him into the Queensland sugar industry as a general manager for trading and risk, and now is currently a senior consultant at Arc Blue specializing in supporting organizations with delivering positive change and creative value through procurement, the provision of training, consulting and advisory services, as well as delivering diagnostics, category management and strategy development, sourcing and saving strategies, social and sustainable procurement strategies. He has a lot of knowledge in this area and you'll hear this in today's podcast episode. Welcome back to the SIPS Queensland podcast today. Your host, Ashley Turner. I'm pretty sure you're all sick of my voice because I have been doing a fair few in 2022, but you've got me again. And today I'm actually interviewing two of our other SIPS Queensland committee members. We have Dougal and we have Murray with me today. Welcome, gents. Thank you very much, Ash. I love how quickly you said hello and, you know, introduced yourself. Some people do that awkward pause and they're like, wait for each other. So thank (laughs) you. We are going to jump straight into it today. And with the typical cliche question to kick it off is around how did you fall into procurement? So Murray, I'm going to pick on you first. How did you fall into procurement or choose procurement? Well, this is an interesting journey, um, and I, I actually spent 25 years working in the Queensland Treasury, Queensland Government, and I started in finance. I was in the loan raisings program um, and the investment division uh, early in the piece, and at uh, some point around the late 1980s, um, I, I ended up as the administration manager for the Treasury, and uh, uh, I was responsible for a whole host of things, including writing ministerials, which was a very exciting but a great experience in learning how to write. Um, and of course, the Treasury portfolio was extremely diverse um, as well. So that was a real learning experience. But as part of that role in about 1990, the first ever statewide purchasing policy was released out to agencies. So most agencies, including the Treasury, didn't do any of its purchasing. That's what it was called back then. Um, If we needed equipment, we would write a letter to the State Stores Board and some months later, that item would uh, turn up. Um, 
and that was the same for a lot of agencies and this policy landed on my desk um, and I was given the task of implementing it and um, so that's where it, my journey really started so I ended up um, <clears throat> over the coming years moving from the administration manager into effectively the chief procurement officer and uh, was responsible for the whole portfolio of half a dozen uh, different offices, including state revenue, casino control, uh, superannuation office, and uh, a few others. And uh, so there's about 1,200 in that portfolio. And around about that time, the technology boom hit, and uh, we went from buying pens and pencils to computers and computer systems, and and you name it. So it was a it was a fantastic period. Um, so that was that was uh, my introduction to it, and I realised I had to uh, learn about this. I attended every uh, possible training course that was available from that point onwards, and um, brought myself up to speed. So I knew what. Uh, I was talking about um, in, uh, and that resulted in me going back and doing postgraduate studies in procurement management at Griffith University in the late 90s and never regretted one uh, hour of the many, many hours after work uh, to, to do that over two years. But that was my introduction to it and I must admit um, it was a massive decade of, of uh, learning but it was new to a lot of people. Um, you know, moving and 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 developing what was basically an administrative task of I had one person writing purchase orders. Basically, that's what they were doing. And in the end, by the end of that, in 2002, I left the government um, to start my own consulting firm and I had a team of 16. Um, we covered procurement. We covered uh, the major contracts. Uh, we also incorporated asset management and accounts payable into that, into that team, and it uh, was was a great way to leave the organisation with all of those things in place. So that's I me. Love that. yeah. I love that you've had that. You've seen literally the evolution <laughs> evolving of um, procurement in Queensland, and I was sort of trying not to laugh when you said you got handed the policy. It was either going to be your greatest success or the biggest <laughs> stitch up, but. You've transformed yourself and you've absolutely loved it, which I love that you do. And for yeah. anyone that does not know Murray, he is like our procurement Google. Like he knows everything and everyone. So if you want to know anything, you hit him up. That's for sure. <laughs> Google, what about you? How did you choose procurement or fall into it? Yeah, I had, I had a sort of similar um, experience to Murray in a way, um, but I, I sort of started out uh, after university here in Brisbane. Um, uh, getting into the sugar industry and was involved in the sales and marketing um, of sugar, which sounds really funny when you, you sort of hear about these sugar conferences and people just can't believe that there's actually a, such a thing called a, a sugar conference. But yeah. there's obviously people, people around the world who trade sugar and buy and sell sugar. And, um, you know, Australia was the biggest raw sugar exporter uh, back in the, the early 90s when I sort of jumped into working uh, in the export uh, area. And um, worked there for a number of years and as a sales and marketing uh, sort of officer. And uh, it was about the same time that uh, Coca-Cola was putting together their global procurement team. And so uh, this is when they were, I suppose, for the first time building categories and global categories. And uh, I was lucky enough to 
uh, sort of had known a couple of the Coca-Cola um, team members and ended up becoming a global category manager uh, for sugar uh, at Coke uh, based over in the USA, which was a really interesting sort of uh, first procurement role. So I sort of went into the procurement world, not really knowing very much about procurement, uh, but knowing a fair, fair bit about my category, I suppose. So it was an interesting journey to learn the procurement process and uh, yeah, over about 15 years working with Coca-Cola, um, you know, ended up moving into like chief procurement officer type roles and uh, you know, covering all the different spend areas um, uh, over those over those 15 odd years. So yeah, really interesting journey. And uh, yeah, um, definitely um, come, come out with a very strong appreciation for the real value that procurement can provide uh, to, to you know, local communities, suppliers and uh, obviously you know to, to your customers delighting customers as well i love that you didn't start off in some small company with procurement you went to like the one of the biggest global companies around the world to start off your procurement category especially in sugar as well because we all know coca-cola that's a huge commodity right there for that jeez love that what is uh, my next sort of question guys is what is the biggest change that you have seen in the industry over the years? Because I know you've got um, a few notches on your belts over the years to see all the different industry changes and that. Murray, I'll go with you first. What's the number one biggest change that you've seen? Um, I think it's a combination of two things. And one is the professionalisation of our procurement profession. So given that a lot of people came to it, as you say, they fell into it. Um, and and um, and learned along the way from from others. Uh, many of us took up the opportunity to take on further uh, training and uh, and uh, tertiary uh, studies, etc. To to add to that, so that's been part of it, and that's been a challenge for uh, for a lot of people. And I, I see that when you've got that uh, the formal education with. Um, with experience, that's where you're starting to get the mix. The other element to it that I've seen change dramatically has been the diversity in the profession. And the yardstick I use, if I go back in, say, to the 90s, attending procurement conferences, or back then it was most probably referred to as purchasing, um, there would be 95% of the crowd would be male and and there would be a few uh, ladies in the crowd and as we've moved forward it's almost like this you can see the the shift where we've got it most probably around 50 50 now or depending on what the subject matter is that that it is uh, not male dominated any longer so that whole diversity has just added to um, a whole range of aspects that go towards you know, being successful in this. So that, that's been, I particularly taken note of that and, and and had a bit of a smile on my face as I do my my uh, straw poll at, at every event that I attend to see those numbers as they've, as they've progressed. And you do see that even at the SIPs committee, like events, you'll see it's a 50-50 split and you'll see all different ages. Everyone looks also different. We all have different sort of skill sets or niches in it, and it is very diverse, which is a great representation of the Queensland sort of profession um, in particular. What about you, Dougal? What is the biggest change you've seen? Yeah, I think similar to what Murray was saying, I think it's um, the professionalisation of, of the function. 
um, even recognising it to be a function, I think is probably yeah, a big journey. And so I, I feel very lucky in a way that I was I was there right at the start when you know a company like Coca Cola began you know a, you know a global category model and sort of built that out and you know it eventually uh, covered all the different spend categories and I think that was part of you know part of a really good good experience because it obviously created a lot of value for the organisation and all the franchise bottlers around the world. Um, but I think also part of that was was also just seeing what uh, working with your suppliers in a strategic way can do to enable you know value chains and sustainability initiatives and whatever you know is regarded to be a value driver um, and seeing seeing you know CEOs and and presidents of organizations really starting to get excited about working with suppliers in a really strategic way and we had a couple of opportunities where we we started to look at you know 10 year uh, time horizons as opposed to you know two or three year budget periods and and that really changed the dialogue a lot with your suppliers uh, you move from you know talking about contract negotiations or um, you know your usual sort of uh, issues uh, to starting to have very very strategic investment related conversations and those sorts of things so that was that was really interesting for me and and you know now that I'm sort of doing training uh, quite a lot of training these days you know we, we usually reference you know organizations like Apple and others where you know, the, the procurement and supply chain function really is a critical uh, differentiator of, of, of some of these really big organisations these days. So I'm still very excited about that journey as a professional because uh, it, you know, I think we're seeing it um, in the, the private sector working really well. And I think the public sector, you know, is starting to get um, you know, some real value and looking at these really strategic initiatives. But there's still a hell of a lot more that we can do there. And as a taxpayer, that's something that actually interests me. And also seeing you know local local procurement initiatives, uh, local sustainability initiatives through being being really enabled through procurement activities. Um, they're, they're the sort of barbecue conversations that I think we all we all like to have. So yeah, I think it's really really great to see we've moved from the the back office or the admin section. I think yeah, cutting cutting purchase orders to now having some really strategic discussions. So you can hear that procurement is now sexy, guys. We just heard that we are sexy. Um, one key change that I think I've seen in my short years compared to you guys is procurement not just being a money sort of target. It's the more non sort of commercial financial targets that we've got on our backs now, which I personally love that more employee experience or customer experience type things, the quality, the velocity, the people over the dollars. And it's taken a long time for us to all get there. I know there's heaps of businesses and industries still struggling with that. We'll always be sort of dollar target hungry as procurement, but I love that it's more sort of balancing out now that I've sort of seen in my sort of short years compared to these two guys combined. My next question for you guys is around essential skills. And you guys would have seen a lot of procurement people, really good rock stars. Some you're like, oh, Lord, <laughs> what are you doing at procurement? We've all met some of those as well. What do you think in your eyes is like a must-have skill and like nice-to-have skills? Murray, over to you. Okay. Yes, this is uh, a good one. So I won't nominate uh, initially at least which is the essential and which is the nice-to-have, but uh, I see that um, people that want to be effective in, in procurement uh, must develop an expert understanding of the procurement fundamentals, uh, including an understanding of the law of contract, at least as it relates to the offer and acceptance 
process, those fundamentals. Without that, I think you're, uh, um, you know, traveling blind as to uh, the one thing I learned when I studied this was that each time you speak to a supplier, there's the potential for you to be creating uh, obligations and rights for for the parties. And and people are su often surprised um, when they learn some of this stuff about the fundamentals of contract law as to they can really be getting themselves and their organisation into difficult territory um, uh, in the long run because suppliers if they are feel like they're being mis misled or mistreated you know that they can either not want to do business with your organization uh, because of that experience you know mm -hmm. so understanding that what those fundamentals are once you've got that become that expert in the rules um, that apply in your organisation to how your organisation conducts its procurement, but become an even bigger expert in keeping those rules in the background. Um, so firstly, uh, develop the ability through the use of effective communication skills. So, and your interpersonal skills to me are at the top of the pile if we're talking about essential skills. So you've got to have those to be able to communicate with multiple stakeholders in a procurement. Uh, sometimes you're dealing with one one client, internal client, others you're dealing with a group of stakeholders, some of them for, some of them against, some you don't understand yet. So your ability to communicate uh, both verbally and, and in writing uh, with them is, is such an important part. So it's only when you understand the the business objectives and the actual outcomes that they're looking for, can you guide them with your knowledge of those rules? So to me, there's two paths there, which I'll most probably mention again later, and that is you can join that group and it's most probably the old guard that were very much rules-based and that's all they, they quoted. They found reasons to say, no, you can't do that instead of, no, let me understand what you want to achieve and let me help you get there and, you know, I'll guide you. And and the need to state the rules becomes a very much uh, underpinning but uh, unspoken in many cases and you develop you develop ongoing and sometimes long-term good relations with with your customers, you know, your internal customers. And um, so I see a combination of those being, if you get those right, um, you know, it also tells me that you most probably learn a whole lot of other skills along the way because you're open to it. Mm -hmm. I love that. I agree with those too. What about yourself, Dougal? Yeah, I think um, it's really interesting when we think of ourselves as procurement um, you know, people, uh, we deal with a lot of salespeople, and I think that's that's one of the, one of the one of the sort of things we you know when you do a bit of a mapping of skill sets for a good category manager or a good strategic procurement uh, manager leader, um, they're exactly the same as a key account director or sales commercial leader on the sales side, and that shouldn't be a big surprise to 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 all of us. But that 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 strategic selling capability of selling ideas or selling yourself. Um, I think is, is a really, really important piece of what we do. And I think, you know, as Murray was just saying, I think the old days of being the rule, the rule, um, you know, sort of enforces, um, that's that's sort of the old world of procurement. And I think, you know, as, as a profession, we probably had a pretty bad reputation because, you know, people were trying to do things and 
we were essentially saying no uh, to a lot of that stuff. And that's, I suppose, one of my learnings in, in working with different you know, categories and spend areas where you know, procurement hasn't traditionally always been involved. Um, it, that first, first sort of um, initial period of really understanding what the drivers were for that particular spend area. And it's, it's not always value. It's not always dollars. And uh, really working those through and, and getting it back to your corporate objectives or strategic objectives for that particular budget area. Um, I found always really helpful to spend some time listening and going through those objectives really clearly up front uh, because otherwise we get we get caught in the weeds and just trying to sort of run a process which doesn't necessarily drive any value or uh, provide any value to your stakeholders. So I think uh, to Murray's point, yeah, spend that time up front, really understanding the needs and engaging with your stakeholders requires really good communication skills. And but I think yeah that that tying it back to your objectives and and what is the reason we're doing this procurement activity in the first place, and then really selling selling concepts and selling ideas, uh, whether it's different alternative suppliers or different ways of doing things, despecking you know looking at you know should cost models et cetera et cetera to sort of really understand your your category and working with your stakeholders and show them the value the value of data driven activities. I think you could sort of look at all the the basic stuff as pretty foundational, but it, it really comes to life with uh, really good listening skills, engagement with your stakeholders and understanding how the procurement activity supports what they're looking to do. Mm. I think to, yeah, to add to that, it's simplifying the, you know, the really technical stuff from like the engineers up to the board as well as trying to grab it all and you're like this messenger in between to go, how do I articulate this in a way where all parties are going to understand? And you both sort of touched on it. You could be the most technical person in the room and know exactly what you're doing, all the policies, all the body pages and sections. But if you don't have that skill set for people to like you or you to influence them or make them feel good or make them know that they can trust you at your word and stuff like that, you're not going to get anywhere. Because I remember when I first started procurement, I was like, number one, I have no idea what this is. I'm Googling this. Like, what is procurement? But number two, the manager went, we chose you because you're the best person with people and you adapt and you're like a little chameleon, Ashley. You can go talk to the fitters and be a little bogan in the, you know, the workshops and then you can, you know, stand in front of like the board and you know, articulate the same sort of message at the same time. Not many people can do that. So, yeah, that communication style and listening or changing the way you approach things, that disc profile, I think we've all learned that sort of stuff really, really helps. Yeah, look, absolutely, um, Ash. And if I could just chip in yeah. and say uh, resourcefulness um, and flexibility is such a an important couple of skills to have. And just really, um, I've always said that, but you've prompted me in your what you've just said there that that I've always um, sort of raised that in training courses I've used to do. If you can be resourceful um, and think outside the square and and be flexible in in that, um, you can get yourself um, not so much out of, but um, mm -hmm. you know circumstances where it it'll freeze you up to to do stuff, to inform yourself. To yeah, it's yeah. it's um, very very good. Very good. Good to be adaptable. Do not fear change. Yes. <laughs> That's for sure. Especially yes. in procurement. Nothing goes the right way. <laughs> I can tell you yes. that. Well, I twitches all the time. <laughs> now, 
Mel, my next question for you guys is what is you know, the greatest lesson you have learned? One piece of like, you know, that you have learned over the years. Dougal, I'm gonna hit you first. Yep. I think um certainly it's not to lead with the process. I think and, and so I think that's where procurement people we trip ourselves up a little bit and uh, I've sort of experienced this in a couple of different ways over the years. But um yeah, when we talk about our area, we usually talk categories. And uh, we talk about spend and we talk about, you know, uh, contracts and that sort of stuff. And I think when it comes to your stakeholders, it, that, that stuff's actually almost irrelevant. <laughs> they, yeah. they, want to know, they want to know what, 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 what's this activity or what, what are these suppliers doing to help me with what I'm looking for? So I think, yeah, bringing it back to the corporate objectives or your stakeholder objectives is probably the most important thing um, that I've learned, um, you know, and had lots of uh, battle scars over the years. Uh, and, and so that's one of the things I've, I've learned is, leading with that and definitely not leading with the process really focusing on what your stakeholder requirements are and what you're actually even doing the procurement activity for is probably the most important thing because if we focus too much on the process the process is definitely important don't get me wrong we've got to make sure we're doing things legally and and uh with probity and all that sort of stuff and making sure we've got good contracts to what murray was saying earlier but if we don't do that first part and really make sure we're really clear on why we're doing the activity in the first place um yeah we we, we certainly don't we don't get the best results that's for sure yeah, 100%. Murray, how about you? Yeah, look, just reinforcing that. No, I, I say, look, never prejudge a client, a project or a strategy. Uh, be prepared to listen, most probably in proportion to you've got two ears and one mouth. So that ratio is a fair, fair gauge for that to understand that and then um, go about it with essentially those three key areas of research, you know, understand what the demand is, uh, ask all the questions, what's the risk profile, how are we going to manage that, and do your market analysis before you start thinking about how we're actually going to go about the procurement strategy itself. Mm. And something that sprung to mind when I was listening to that is when people, you, you have stakeholders that push back just because they've had a bad experience with a procurement person. And they'll say, this will never be done. Oh, you've always said this, rah, rah, rah. When you hear that, you just engage and go, yes, I'm going to prove you wrong. Let's do this. Like when mm. you just have that full energy, they're like, oh my gosh, she's actually going to get this done. Like, I just have this idea. You just want to change that perception even more. I think when someone resists, you go, let's go on. This is a challenge. I love this. Let's run at it. <laughs> yeah, good approach. So my next question was going to say best advice, but I'm actually going to flip that around because you've kind of given that with your greatest lessons, I think. What is the worst uh, advice that you have received throughout your career? And Dougal's got this big smile on his face, so I'm going to <laughs> ask him to <laughs> share his first. Um, I think the wor worst advice, I think, would be uh, probably building on what Murray was saying there, I think, is, is thinking where the experts and yeah. so I think that you know, there's there's so many um, you know suppliers out there that we can learn from. There's your stakeholders are usually very passionate about the area that they're in. So I think when whenever you you sort of hear procurement people saying that they, we are the experts, I think that's probably um, you know to be taken with a bit of a grain of salt. And we, we might be experts at certain things, uh, but you can always learn more. And that was one of the things which um, you know always very quite passionate about was. Yeah, you might know things here in Australia quite well. Uh, you might know things across Asia quite well, but do you know it at a global level? Are you a global expert? So I think having 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 that sort of 
almost uh, restlessness to try and you know keep learning um, is probably one of those things there. So yeah, worst advice is yeah, thinking we're an expert. I love that. And I've always said, don't come in beating your chest. Like don't go in trying to prove your point kind of thing. Just go, be easy, just be chill, listen, take it all in. Murray, what's the worst advice that you have received? Well, um, I'd like to flip that because I, nothing stands out because a, a long time ago, I uh, came to the realisation that you must take responsibility for your career and how you go about developing it and um, <clears throat> and don't rely on others. So I've had a lot of good advice. Uh, it's not widespread, but you, I guess I just focus on the stuff that I, it, it rings true uh, for me that, that it is good advice. You may not immediately take it, um and, and through my career certainly working for someone else so i've worked now for my own self in my company for 20 years now so there's two big parts to my my career but uh before i launched into that i had made the decision that i was not going to rely on anyone else um you know things changed dramatically most probably in the 90s in particular and um, so that's certainly the advice I give to younger people, take responsibility um, for that, uh, keep learning, uh, you never stop learning, and then uh, move accordingly, you know, um, and be prepared to move. So that whole adaptability and flexibility then comes into that because if you're not careful, you find yourself painted into a corner that you feel like you've got no options. So to me, take that responsibility yourself and be prepared to um, <clears throat> to make the moves, take a bit of risk, um, get out there, under, you know, try and understand the all value and go for it. And this I'd, is why Murray's so wise, guys. Listen to that. <laughs> I'd, add, I'd add to uh, what Murray just said there too, Ash. I think um, that, you know, as a career, I think, you know, continuous learning uh, is is really, really a great objective. And just being being happy to learn on the job, like don't expect to have formal training all the time. You can learn so much just from actually projects or working on things. So I'd say volunteering, um, you know, being curious uh, to, to learn more, whether it's about different categories or different ways of doing things or technology or other parts of what we do. Uh, yeah, it certainly helps us to become more rounded uh, in terms of our overall overall knowledge. I agree with you with all of that. My next or my sort of final question for you guys is around um, sort of two parts. You can pick which one you want to talk to. It's around what are the sort of upcoming procurement trends or focuses for 2022? Murray. Like to me. Yeah, look, again, uh, I, I, um, I like to see it as uh, the challenges perhaps um, of 2022. And I'm going to leave aside the, the, the challenges at, at a global level with, uh, you know, uh, the war in Ukraine, or should I say the invasion, um, and other things happening around the world. I'll, I'll set that aside because they're well canvassed, certainly in the media, in terms of the challenge to supply chains. But I think at a, at a local level, uh, I think the access to skilled procurement resources um, is a real challenge um, going forward. Um, and, and I think we've got a fairly serious de-skilling that's happened uh, particularly in procurement, uh, m most visible in the 
in the public sector to me and there's a lot of scrambling going on at the moment which i think will go for the rest of 22 and perhaps beyond um, but you don't get good outcomes when you haven't got skilled people or you've got limited skilled people in the procurement profession it's been disappointing to see that occur but i think that we're right in the in the early stages of the effects of that and uh, so if you've got the experience and skills and you've taken responsibility for your career you're most probably nicely positioned uh, in relation to that because you're going to be in demand and for others in the early part of their career take responsibility learn as much as you can and building on what Dougal said there a volunteer to sit and maybe be mentored by others in your in your network that will be happy to share share those uh, that knowledge and some experience with you build it as quickly as you can and then put your hand up at the first opportunity to join a project um, or, or take on some extra extra tasks that you can learn from 100% and especially if you guys have not attended a SIPS Queensland event in particular, come along like you've got what I think there's about 15 committee members and then plus all the people that attend all that years of experience in that room, you can definitely find yourself like a mentor. I even in the last uh, event that we went to, I've picked up that I'm going to be a mentor for another lady that's just starting in her procurement sort of profession and she wants to learn more about the soft skills and in people and that's my one of my biggest sort of strengths so definitely come along and you've got a wealth of knowledge right there at these events as well. Dougal how about yourself? Yeah I think one of the, the big ones out there at the moment is almost like returning back to more local buying and local sourcing. I think we went through the phase of everything being offshored and um, yeah going to low-cost country sourcing and all those sorts of activities and global sourcing and I think, you know, it, it's great to see things going back to roots and going back to local supply chains. And I think, you know, obviously, you know, the global supply chain challenges we've had over the last couple of years has really highlighted, you know, the complexities of global supply chains. And I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually quite excited about seeing what happens now in terms of re rebuilding local supply um, in solutions, um, you know, across a range of different uh, industries uh, here in Australia and, and uh, in other countries too. I think that's going to lead to some really good sustainability outcomes and uh, I think it's also going to lead to hopefully more financial uh, money obviously flowing back into the local economy which I think is is really exciting too so being able to track that and and uh, see see the progress I think is really really interesting and it's obviously come from a, a big challenge which is the supply chain risk but I think it's actually a really positive development. Love that. My sort of final thing I was going to do for you guys I've just thought about it do you guys have a question for us as a group? I'll give you a chance to ask your question to the group. Okay. Um, to avoid that silent little patch there, I'll speak up. Um, my, uh, I guess, continuing on with the theme I started with part the way through there, my challenge is to everyone, are you taking responsibility for your continuing learning, whether it's formal or informal, and if not, why not? And start your plans now. Don't wait till a circumstance presents itself that you can't take advantage of because you didn't do anything. That's a good question. Dougal, do you want to go first? 
Yeah, I'd, I'd um, I'd sort of challenge a sim- similar vein. Challenge yourself uh, if you've got a really difficult stakeholder uh, that you're working with. Um, I'd say, yeah, try, try. I think what Marius suggested before that using your two ears and uh, doing a bit more listening and really bringing it back around to your, um, you know, your, your stakeholders' objectives, and just uh, seeing seeing if that can help uh, in terms of. Um, yeah, looking for looking for what you're working with with your your difficult stakeholders out there because that's a that's a really uh, important skill for us all to learn as procurement professionals. There we go. We have heard it today from Mari and Dougal with their sort of final questions for you guys. I'm sure there was a lot of golden nuggets throughout that from all sort of we've had all three of us have had such different um, journeys and experiences and that. So it's great to just get us all in the room and talk it all through. I wish I could do a podcast with everyone. That'd be great, but that would probably take hours, um, especially with me and my talking abilities, that's for sure. But honestly, I want to say thank you so much, guys. I know that we are all under the pump at work with deadlines and stuff. So I do appreciate you guys taking the time out of your busy schedules to be a guest. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. Thanks very much. Absolute pleasure, Ash. Thanks, Ash. Really, really good fun.